Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned, never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, loneliness, all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who chose to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Hello and welcome to Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. My name is Rebecca and I am your host and I welcome you back for another episode of stories of ladies who have gone through a lot and are willing to open up and share about their own infidelity. Um, Before we get started though, I kind of wanted to just kind of touch base um, and read an article that I found interesting uh, before we get started. Um, I found this article on the WRAL.com website. Um, It is an article that was actually written by a gal named uh, Georgia Lee from Family Share. Um, And so it was published back in November 1st of 2016, so right about three years ago. It's basically saying five things cheaters are actually afraid of. And I don't know, maybe this kind of rings true for some, maybe not so much for others. Um, but this is what it says. Cheaters may seem like brazen adulterers who are afraid of no moral law or faux pas. Believe it or not, most cheaters are actually quite scared of certain things. Some fears lead directly to cheating. Some fears lead to temptation. They are put to situations where their willpower can't possibly hold out. Here are five things most cheaters are afraid of. Number one, being cheated on. Cheaters themselves have a deep-seated fear of betrayal themselves. They often feel suspicious and rejected in relationships and use this as an excuse to step out on their partners. Cheating gives philandering folks a feeling of power and control in their lives and relationships. The other person may not even know they're being cheated on. The secret life provides an escape from anxieties and feelings of inadequacy. Hmm, I'm not sure how I feel about that one. Number two, strong partners. Most cheaters are afraid of being alone. Contradictory by nature, a cheating mate is actually terrified of his or her partner leaving. A strong spouse who is willing to walk away and have a life outside of a relationship is a scary scenario for the adulterer. Over time, cheaters learn to sniff out weaker-willed and codependent people who will put up with their shenanigans. Hmm. Again, I'm not so sure how I feel about that one. Three, commitment. Most cheaters are not emotionally willing or capable of true physical, sexual, or emotional commitment to another person. A real monogamous relationship leaves them feeling stuck or trapped. There is a mental block that makes true intimacy incredibly uncomfortable and even terrifying for them. The more invested a cheater is in their partner, the more power the partner has to hurt them. So then rather than facing fears of committing, cheaters betray trust by having other relationships. Again, I don't know if I agree with that because I think that there's a lot more to the story and having somebody say that 
because I myself has cheated, I'm not capable of having deep feelings or anything or commitment to somebody else. I, I don't, I don't agree with that. And I think a lot of you would disagree as well. Boredom. A lot of cheaters are restless souls with a constant need of outside stimulation. Cheating feeds their desire for drama and excitement that may be missing from everyday humdrum of real love. There's actually a chemical difference in the brain of peoples who have first fallen in love and those who are deeper long-term relationships. The chemical change can prompt some people to chase that puppy love forever, constantly switching partners to get it. Okay. Now I can kind of relate to some of that. Um, and that would be the, the need for stimulation, the brain thing. I can tell for myself that I, I needed constant excitement. And like I mentioned in my own story, you know, the psychologist who called me a, a, um, excitement junkie, you know, you just need, or me personally had to have constant, you know, something going on that I could do. And, and as a way now for me to avoid getting myself in trouble, not that I would cheat on my husband now because I'm very attracted to him and I can't even imagine doing that to him. Um, we have such a connection in that way and many other ways, but I like to keep myself occupied and usually have many irons in the fire. Number five, options. Options are a problem for cheaters. The cheater wants to be the only person their partner has, but wants to have the pick of the litter when it comes to others. It's a contradiction. Seeing their partner being flirted with or subtly pursued in some way can strike insecurity and fear into the heart of a cheater. And even if their mate is completely committed, a cheater will want to make sure they have lots of other choices. If casual flirting isn't giving an adulterer what they want, um, they will actually stray from their spouse just to boost their ego. No matter what the relationship is like, someone who wants to cheat will find a reason to do so. It may seem to come from a sense of entitlement, self-importance, or carelessness, but a lot of cheating is based on insecurity and fear. Be vigilant and keep these reasons in mind if you suspect your relationship is headed for an adulterous territory. Again, this is uh, written by Georgia D. Lee. She is a University of Miami alumni who seeks to empower, inspire, enrich, and educate anyone with an open mind, heart, and spirit through her most treasured medium, black and white. And yeah, I can agree. She's definitely uh, black and white when it comes to the subject and... Uh, of course, the purpose of this is to find that happy medium, that gray. Let's see really deep down what is causing this person to um, cheat or, uh, you know, step out of the relationship. So at this point, we're going to go ahead and listen to today's story. This is a story about Bethany, and she messaged me a little while back, and more so she is still in a relationship with somebody and she just doesn't know quite which direction to go. Um, and she is married. And so she had reached out, hopefully seeking thoughts, advice, suggestions, and all of that. So let's hear from uh, Bethany and her story. At one time in my life, I think you could say I was a thrill seeker and in need of attention. My spouse was traveling a lot, and it left me home alone so much. I worked in a job that gave me the ability to seek my master's degree. This is where I met Brandon. 
Brandon was married. We had an instant connection and a mutual infatuation of each other, but we set boundaries that protected ourselves and our hearts. He made it very clear that we need to only seek each other for companionship and company. We were together for about six months until his wife found out about his past. Thankfully, she never knew about me. Even though we set boundaries, it was still really hard. Shortly after, there was Thomas. He was a guy I went to elementary school with. I lived about six hours away, so I didn't get to see him very often. It worked for a few months. I would make excuses to sneak down to see him. He lived back in my hometown. That didn't last long. I changed jobs and decided I need to find myself because I felt lost. I started dieting and lost 40 pounds. I had long hair and tan skin, a pretty face and a bright smile. And my spouse and I moved back to our home state of North Carolina. And I decided I was going to leave my past behind me. As soon as we crossed the state line, I felt I was born again, bound and determined to be a responsible married woman. That is, until I hit a brick wall. My mother has a lifelong best friend who has stayed in touch over the last 40 plus years. The best friend's son has been someone I've known since I was a little girl and would dream about. I even told Carter's mother on the night of my rehearsal dinner that I was supposed to be marrying her son instead. She just smiled and told me that he wasn't ready yet. My mother would give me updates on how Carter was doing, and all along I knew in the back of my mind if Carter was with me, I could make him happy. Carter had a live-in witch of a girlfriend, and they had a son together. She was hateful, and she used Carter for his income and good looks. He is definitely arm candy. On New Year's Eve, Carter had a tragic accident with cocaine and alcohol that put him into total organ failure. His mother was preparing his funeral arrangements. All the while, I was sitting by the phone waiting for the latest update. He was in a coma for over a month, and I prayed as hard as I possibly could for God to bring him back to me. God did bring him back. He has been sober for seven years. Once Carter returned to work, I called him and said, you may not remember me, but our mothers arranged our marriage when we were children. He laughed and said, oh my God, hi Bethany. How the hell did you find me? I simply laughed and said, Google. We talked every day nonstop for a few months. That is until his girlfriend found his phone. I got an email from Carter after not hearing from him, basically saying he is stuck because of his son and that he could not talk to me for a while. His words were goodbye for now, but not forever. And that I would be tucked away in his heart. I responded and said, you will always know how to find me. During this time of absence, I get a call from my mother at work. Carter has been in an accident. There is swelling in his brain, and they think he is brain dead. Every time he is away from me, I die inside, and he literally dies. This motherfucker had died twice on me. He's since recovered, but again, I waited by the phone, and this time I actually sent Carter an email on the day of his accident, and it said, Dear God, have mercy over Carter. Heal his brain. Stop the bleeding. 
cleanse and heal his mind, body, and soul. I know you have a larger life plan for this man. Change his circumstances, turn his weaknesses into strength, his suffering into compassion, sorrow into joy, and pain into comfort. Fill Carter with patience during this time of healing. We ask you heal Carter, bring him back to me. Thank you for our many blessings and thank you for blessing my life with Carter Andrews. In Christ's name I pray, amen. I continue to email him, letting him know that even though I may be the last person in his mind at that moment, he is constantly on mine. All I could do was let him know I am still right here. Fast forward three years. I'm still getting updates about Carter from my mother. I have a son of my own now and still long for the love of my life who I have not seen in person since I was a little girl. I updated my LinkedIn to reflect a promotion I got at work and Carter sent me a message saying, you said I would always be able to find you. He had since moved out of his home and back in with his mother and is no longer with the witch girlfriend. His son is 18 and getting ready to graduate high school. We talk every day, all day. I wear an earbud and keep my mic muted just so I can hear him throughout the day. Yeah, sounds kind of stalkerish and creepy, but he loves knowing that he is always in my ear. I listen to make sure that he is still breathing. God brought him back to me and then some. He was madly fallen in love with me while I never stopped loving him. My love grows deeper every second and it pains me to be away from him. The first time I saw him was exactly one year ago. When we kissed, the earth stopped spinning. It took my breath away. We lost track of time. We were underneath the stars and everything was absolutely perfect, except I am married to someone else. When we are together, I have to hold him up for at least an hour because he cannot stop shaking. At least one of us can stay calm. My nerves always hit me when I'm in the car about to pull into the parking spot. As soon as I see him, everything calms down for me. He makes me feel wanted and desired. He craves me and honestly loves everything about me. Every flaw, everything I hate about myself, he loves. He is my biggest cheerleader and he gives me the biggest amount of confidence just by the way he looks at me. His strengths are my weaknesses and my strengths are his weaknesses. He is the only person I can get mad at, be in a fight with, have an intelligent conversation about the issue, come to an understanding and we can move on. We both end up apologizing, which is something I have never done. I could go on and on, but it would feel like bragging. I guess I need to tell you about my spouse now. Raymond and I have been together since we were teenagers. I was 16 and he was 19. We dated through high school. He gave me a diamond my senior year of high school because I begged for one. But what did I know? I did four years of undergrad college in a different state, seeing Raymond occasionally on the weekends. We got married three months after I graduated college. I was 22. We moved away shortly after our wedding for his job. The thing about me and Raymond is that I've always wanted to do my own thing. 
without asking what he thinks. His opinion or his approval really never mattered to me. We used to be affectionate as teenager, but that has quickly stopped as soon as I went away to college. Every year that passes, it is a less and less affection. I hated the way it felt when he touched me. But what am I supposed to do? My parents are divorced and I'm horrible at confrontation. He's not mean to me, he just doesn't fulfill my spirit. I try to occupy my time by singing in a praise band at church, playing tennis, you know, basically doing activities that he could join me on. I have never had to break up with anyone I ever dated. They always broke up with me. So not only do I have to break up with Raymond, I have to divorce him, but I'm dying inside. I really did love him when we were teenagers, but I'm not the same person I was when I was 18. Unfortunately, we did not grow together. Beige and vanilla, hospital gray. I've had four miscarriages with this man, and not once did I get support or comfort from him. Instead, I got pressure from his mother, asking, well, what does the doctor think? And if I could be a surrogate for you, I would. I mean, really? When I found out I was pregnant with a boy, I did a ton of research on circumcision and was completely against it to the point of being hysterical. Raymond comes home to find me crying my eyes out on the couch. And I said in between my sobbing, don't make me do this to my son. His response was, you don't have to, the doctor will. Not once did he comfort me or hold me or discuss anything about the decision with me. I went into labor naturally and I labored at home all night. And it sounds exactly like whale sounds echoing through the house. I went from my bed to the bathtub, back to the bed, arching my body, trying to get comfortable. Not once did he comfort me or help me out of the tub or come check on me or even offer to take me back to the hospital. I had to go wake him up and beg him to take me back to the hospital. I labored alone. I set up my son's room alone. I have done everything alone. If I want something done, I'm one of those who has to do it because the world will end while I wait on Raymond to do anything for me. Now I have the responsibility of figuring out how to take care of my mother who cannot afford to live on her own, my three-year-old son, my daily life that I'm exhausted from. I hate going home every night because I'm not going home to Carter. It's not as easy as it sounds to just leave because I have nowhere to go. How do you tell someone, I'm dying inside and I only feel alive when I'm in the presence of someone else? Rebecca, this is my story up to this point. The next page is unwritten, but in my heart and in my mind, I already belong to Carter. I have to make my reality match. My question is, how do I get over the fear? How do I prepare for a divorce? How do I stop dragging my feet? The feelings I have for Carter are not because it's new and exciting. I wish it were. They are old, and I cannot get enough of him. I hate my life without him, and I don't want to die without having Carter's name attached to mine. Desperately seeking a way out, Bethany. After I had received her story, I emailed her back, and we talked a little bit via email, and... The one thing that I was really concerned and wanted to express was that 
her safety was the most important. And so that was right away when I suggested uh, that, you know, she make sure she is in a safe place, has a safe place. I don't know her husband and I don't know what kind of reaction, you know, he would give. Of course, she would be the one that would know best. And she actually came back with more information and we will continue on with that part of the story now. I just listened to your story about Sydney and I heard that my story is up next. I wanted to tell you that I have been looking for houses in my area to rent and I plan on getting a place set up so that I can tell my husband that we need to separate and I will actually have a safe place to go to. I tried to leave about 10 years ago when I told him I was unhappy and unfulfilled. I got in my car and drove around the block and went back home because I had nowhere to go. I'm not making that mistake again. This time I'm going to have a place set up where I can go. Thankfully, my dad is helping me get a place to rent. Every day I cry because I miss Carter with every fiber of my being. I see him on Skype and it never fails for him to always praise me for being an outstanding woman, even when I feel horrible. I scroll through Facebook and see pictures of friends of mine on their wedding day and they have pictures of their husband's first look as the bride comes down the aisle. My husband never looked at me that way, but Carter does. When I get dressed up for work and fix my hair, it's like he's seeing a movie star in person. And then I keep scrolling down Facebook and I see pictures of friends who just had babies. They post pictures of them during the delivery of their husbands supporting them and helping them. And I reflect on my experience and how I had to beg for my husband to drive me back to the hospital after laboring by myself all night. I've missed out on wonderful experiences and my heart is completely broken. Today is my wedding anniversary and I've been laying in bed crying all morning while my husband has been downstairs with our rambunctious three-year-old. Married for 12 years and it feels like a waste. I need to find a place where I can go sooner rather than later because I am dying inside. I spent some time with my father recently and all he kept saying to me is you are not the Bethany I raised and where is my happy beautiful confident daughter I'm the best version of myself when I am with Carter I am honest and caring and passionate because it's what I get in return right now it's just a game of finding the right nest for me to secretly start setting up of my own so that I can have a place to run to instead of staying under the same roof as my husband when it comes time for me to request the separation. I appreciate everything you are doing for our community. You have given a voice to the voiceless because we have no one to turn to. Bethany, thank you so much for sending all of this in and keeping us posted and up to date as to where you are with things. You know, as she had continued and had asked, you know, for advice, um, one of the things that I, you know, want to say is how I understand her story and can relate as well, and I'm sure a lot of people can, is simply she and her husband had kind of grown up and apart when they got together they were young they didn't have chances to explore 
Um, and obviously her emotions and the affection she needs absolutely was not getting met. Does that mean, oh, okay, we go cheat? No, not necessarily. But I think as a human being and the need for love and affection, you're going to get drawn to what you need. You're going to go in that direction. Of course, you know, playing devil's advocate, is the grass greener with Carter? Can you see it, you know, if is it going to stay green if you go with him? Or do you see it drying out? Um, I think, honestly, with the way things are, she's really, really drawn to this man because he seems to be fulfilling. And she's not hopping in bed with all these different people at all. It sounds to me like she's, you know, really looking for that emotional connection um and it sounds like carter could be the right real partner for her in her life and even though by law she may belong to raymond uh, obviously it it doesn't feel like a true partnership and one thing i wanted to tell her as well is you know being a parent who went through this left her husband um basically got kicked out once he found out and lost my children uh, which was the hardest thing for me. Um, but regardless, you know, this little boy is still going to have his mom and he's still going to have his dad. He's just going to be able to feel and see his mom is in a happier place emotionally. And it's nothing, you know, his father is his father. And one thing that I always say, because it's a struggle is to always be sure that you're respectful of your ex-husband because he is still, or your ex-wife if you're listening to this, because they are still the parent of that child. And even though you're hurting and you're feeling all these different emotions for what has happened, um, you just need to remember that in this child's eyes, their parent is everything to them. So always kind of keeping that in mind. And, you know, again, I'm glad she's going to find a safe place. And, um, again, she knows her husband better than we do. So um, if anybody does have some suggestions for her, um, some thoughts, please send me an email and I will make sure she gets it. It's Rebecca.RawTruth at gmail.com. And as you know, I want to keep everybody anonymous and protect so that's why everything comes through me and I'll get it to uh, the people who need it and I appreciate you guys tuning in today Um, in two weeks I'll be back and we'll be listening to a story about Morgan and so until then if you are listening and you have a story you would like to share feel free to email me rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com otherwise i hope you have a fantastic day and remember no judgment goodbye